Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon in spring of 2018. Episode 21, Reconfiguring Bearskin. Hi, welcome to Group 9's Anarchy Podcast show tonight. My name is Reed Dalnick, and with me today I have... Zach Schroggy. And Spencer Green. Tonight we're going over the tale of Bearskin, which was written by Jacob and Wilhelm Grime. It's also tale type 361, along with the retellings that share similar attributes or characteristics to the original fairy tale. I am going to be going over Brother Bear, which was produced by Walt Disney Pictures in 2003 and revolves around the story of a boy who learns how to be a real man by becoming a bear. I will be going over The Human Animal by Tech Wolf in 1998. In this story, the protagonist goes through multiple animalistic changes, which involves him interacting with the human world as well as the animal world. From this, he pulls different morals and ethics that help him become a better person at the end. And the retelling I will be analyzing is Disney Pixar's 2012 film Brave, about a young princess who finds out what the cost of freedom is when her family undergoes animal transformation. Many stories today have elements of animal transformation or transformation in general. Those characteristics were pulled from stories from long ago, Bearskin being one of them. The story of Bearskin is really exciting and I'm going to tell it to you guys today. Bearskin follows a handsome former soldier who has returned from war. He's unsure what to do with his life, since fighting is what he does best, and that's what he's done since he was little. He goes home after the war to where his brothers live and asks them if they can stay together and live together. But his brothers turn him away, saying, You don't have a place to house you or feed you. You need to get a job. You have no skills. He leaves, and he's left to wander the German wilderness. A devil with a horse's foot approaches him in a green jacket. He proposes a deal, and the soldier, desperate for a purpose in life after leaving the war, takes it. The deal is this. The soldier must wear a skin of a bear for seven years while keeping from washing and cleaning or grooming himself. In return for his sacrifice, he is given a jacket that produces unlimited amounts of money. If he he survives the seven years, he will stay rich forever. But if he dies, the devil will claim his soul. He travels the country and helps the poor with the money that he has, settling debts, solving issues, things like that. One farmer is so grateful of his aid that he promises one of his daughters to be Bearskin's bride. The two eldest and most beautiful daughters are disgusted and turn away from him, saying that he is ugly and a beast. But the youngest and kindest one agrees because of the aid Bearskin has brought to her family. After she agrees to marry him, he tells her that he must wander for three more years. So she says goodbye to her newly engaged husband and wishes him farewell. Once his seven years are up, he's free of the deal and makes the devil clean him and groom him to the point that he is more handsome than he had ever been before. When he arrives back at the farm, the two older sisters see him and are amazed by the gorgeous man approaching the house. They go on and put their best dresses on and make themselves pretty. While this is happening, Bearskin reveals himself to the youngest daughter, who is his engaged, by showing her half a ring that matches hers that he gave her before he left. 
when the sisters come back and realize who the handsome stranger really is and that their sisters marry him, they are enraged. Both commit suicide in anger, one by drowning and the other herself on a tree. The couple lives well, but the devil returns to Bearskin one day, saying that he is the real winner in the end, because he's got two souls, meaning the sisters, for the price of one. As we dive into the cultural and historical context, the first thing we will touch is the origin. As in the case with many fairy tales of the time period, Bearskin was originally a spoken story. It was known by storytellers and conveyed primarily to children in order to entertain, teach, or frighten them. Bearskin was collected in a compendium of fairy tales by the brothers Grimm, Jacob, and Wilhelm, and published in 1812. The Grimm sources tale from Hans Jacob Christoffel von Griff Grimmel Schalzen, story entitled Von Upspring de Namens Barnharter, which was first published in 1670. The story was translated into English and edited by the Grimm brothers. The protagonist of the story is a soldier, Bearskin, who has recently finished his time serving in a war. Due to the time period and location the original story was written in, we are led to believe that the war that is referenced in the story is the Thirty Years' War that took place in Central Europe, including Germany, from 1618 to 1648. The original tale was published in 1670, about the time when soldiers looking for work and a means for financial stability was a reality. At the time of the publishing of Bearskin, life in Germany and really all of Central Europe was centered around Christianity, whether it be Catholicism or Protestantism. The religious prominence of the time is conveyed in the story through the overlying moral, the devil figure, and the consequence of sin. One of the major morals in the story is not to be deceived by the devil, because it is a sin to deal with the devil, and it always results in misfortune. Interestingly, though, the misfortune is not experienced by Bearskin, who made the deal with the devil. Instead, it is felt through the two eldest daughters of the farmer, who both commit sins through suicide, casting their souls to hell. With this being a fairy tale, there are many archetypes that are present in this story. The first one being charity. Charity is seen in fairy tales, whether it be the protagonist giving to the poor, or vice versa. Bearskin is the hero of the story. He gives money to the poor and helps settle debts of those he meets and that are in need. Even though he did take the devil's money, which could be considered sin, he makes it right by giving it to those who need it and not saving it for himself. Unlike the hero that Bearskin plays in the story, the devil plays the role of the trickster. The trickster is a common archetype in the fairy tale. They often try to manipulate the protagonist of the story into going on an impossible quest or making a bad deal. The trickster is almost always successful in getting their way. In this story, the devil plays the trickster when he tempts Bearskin into making a deal with him, gaining two souls. For the most important archetype in the story, it is that of animal transformation. The protagonist may transform into an animal through magic, either doing so with their own ability or as punishment by another's power. Transformations typically help the protagonist learn a lesson or moral of some sort. The soldier transforms into the bear when he makes a deal with the devil, requiring him to wear a bearskin and live unkempt. The fourth archetype on our list is the archetype of a father offering his daughter as a prize. As a reward or as a way of repaying a debt, fathers in fairy tales tend to give one of their daughters to the protagonist as a possible wife. This girl is usually very attractive and young. In this story, the farmer offered his daughter as potential wives to Bearskin after Bearskin repaid his debt to the innkeeper. Another major archetype, which is uh, seen in many fairy tales, is the quest. 
The protagonist might be given a quest revolving around the plot of the story. The quest is a search for something or a means to complete a task. It usually teaches the protagonist a lesson or and changes them for the good. Bearskin uh, in this story must wander the world unkept for seven years. His reward for going on this quest is limitless gold and a beautiful wife. And the last important archetype on our story, which is unique to the main character, is the guileless fool. The fool is a common character that ignorantly risks his life, possessions, or others, though the risks rarely end in tragedy. The soldier, the main character of the story, recklessly risks his soul with good intentions, yet everything works out with him in the end. We are now going to talk about the themes of the story. First one being, do not judge someone by their physical appearance. A direct quote from Weebly.com states, The two older daughters dismissed the filthy bearskin. When they discovered that he was a handsome man of boundless wealth, they became so distraught that they killed themselves. The two deaths of the sisters are extreme consequences of judging someone by their appearance. By not giving Bearskin a chance in the beginning, the sisters gave up the opportunity to be with the nice, generous, and eventually handsome man. If they would have not judged him um, in the first place, then they would have ended up happily. Another major theme is that transformation is an essential part of life. Another direct quote from the same website, uh, Weebly.com, is Bearskin was lost in his initial role as a soldier. When he took a risk and changed his destiny, he went down a strange path that eventually made his life a lot better. The changes that the soldier goes through are drastic from the person he was during his quest, resulting in him securing a beautiful bride and winning the prize of limitless gold. Another theme is a deal with the devil never ends well. The last line of the story is the devil telling Bearskin that their deal resulted in the devil obtaining two souls rather than one, so the sisters' souls rather than Bearskin's. Um, as we mentioned previously while discussing religion, this illustrates the point that people must avoid the temptations of the devil as well as the temptation of greed, for they lead to misfortune. The last theme that we picked from the story is that there are consequences for being ungrateful. Like many fairy tales accumulated by the Brothers Grimm, Bearskin is meant to convey a darker reality of life in a fantastical manner. One interpretation of the fairy tale is that it was meant to teach people to be thankful for what they receive. The two eldest sisters exemplify this theme when they refuse to marry Bearskin. Both sisters do not appreciate the kind gestures of Bearskin and their father, despite the support Bearskin provided their family and the opportunity of marriage presented by their father. For this ungratefulness, they suffered the severe consequence of death. Like in many other fairy tales, Bearskin does have symbols and motifs, just like any other story. We have a list of symbols that take place in the story, the first of them being the ring and the cup. The ring and the cup comes up twice throughout the story, the first being before Bearskin leaves off for the rest of his three years of wandering. He gives his newly engaged wife a ring after breaking it in half and says to her to wait for him, because he will come back. The ring comes up again when he returns, now handsome and free of dirt, free of the ugly nails and the ugly hair he had previously. She uses the ring to recognize her husband and is overjoyed by the presence of him. The ring symbolizes marriage, the bond and commitment and loyalty that both parties showed while they were separated. While the time Bearskin was away, the youngest daughter was technically in mourning by dressing in black and refusing to take another husband. 
Bearskin showed loyalty by coming back, even though he has all the opportunities in the world now, now that he's not cursed, and comes back to cherish his wife. The second symbol that we have on our list is the symbol of coins. There is a dual meaning with the coins in the story, both on the good side and on the bad side. The devil uses the bad side of wealth to tempt Bearskin into making a bad decision. And while Bearskin does take that temptation, he uses the wealth that the devil has given him as a way to help people and help solve other people's problems with the money, as getting peasants out of their debts and things such as the farmer's debt to the innkeeper. The next one on the list is the actual bearskin itself. The bearskin was a cloak of a veteran war and it showed security versus burden. While he had the cloak, he was protected with the money and people wouldn't hurt him. But on that note, people didn't approach him because he was scared, because they were scared of him. So it was also a burden when people wouldn't interact with him and he was all alone for seven years. The next one is the green color. The green color is a super common motif in a lot of stories, symbolizing money, renewal, growth. But in this story, it also symbolizes greed because that's what the devil was trying to tempt Bearskin with. War is the last symbol and motif. While the soldier had just gone out of war, he was probably looking forward to not having to battle anytime soon. And with the consequences of his actions not falling on him, the symbol of war fell on the two older sisters as being their suicide. Motifs and symbols aren't always super clear to see, but if you look a little harder into the story, they are clearly popping out. You're now going to get into the last segment of our podcast, which are our own sample stories, mine of which being The Human Animal by Tech Wolf, published in 1998. It's a story about a wolf that transforms into a human. The man, Rolf, immediately had to adapt to his new environment and the new body he just gained. With the loss of his honed senses and his fur, he felt blind and was freezing as his packmates ran away from him in fear. When Rolf, Rolf was lying down by the road, other humans picked him up and took him home. There, Rolf was nurtured, fed, and was slowly taught the human language. The humans tried desperately to figure out where Rolf came from, but he couldn't remember anything. There were no records of Rolf existing, so it was decided that he would just live with the humans until they had an answer. Rolf learned to read and then went to school with a hunger to learn as much as possible. The family adopting him didn't have a son, so they took Rolf in as their own. Rolf began to have his dreams about his previous life as an animal, all the things he would do and how he missed it. This is where Rolf first experienced emotion due to his loss of his previous life. While reading White Fang, Rolf got to relive his moments as a wolf for the first time. Rolf, Rolf completed high school and then went to college. There, his roommate was not serious about studies and related him to a fox who'd rather play than work. It was until later that Rolf told his roommate that he was a wolf. He even changed in front of him and it wasn't pleasant for either of them. His roommates made a dash to the door, but Rolf stopped him to explain. Rolf explained to him how humans are the real killers and how wolves have more honor in their life than humans do. That humans kill wolves all the time, while wolves never attempt on a human. His roommate was soon convinced and felt shame for his race. His roommates wanted to be a wolf too after finding out that Rolf was going to return to his original family. When he took Rolf there, he said goodbye but also let the wild thing that transformed into him go into his roommate, thus turning him into a wolf as well. They both went out together, Rolf being happy that he had a brother. 
Through this story, I pulled a couple archetypes, the first one being the hero. Rolf is considered the hero in the story because he has to face adversity, um, the adversity being his adaption to the human world. There's no real evil in the story, mostly just challenges for the main character. Like we spoke of earlier, the animal transformation is another key part of the story. The main character, Rolf, goes through a transformation from wolf to man and from man to wolf, and even his college roommate also has to go through this transformation too to experience the same things he did. Um, the quest that these two went on, the main quest between Wolf was, Rolf was him trying to fit in and understand the human race. Once he becomes one with them and can understand them, he returns home with that knowledge that he gained. Um, another theme or archetype I pulled was being thrown into the unfamiliar. Uh, the protagonist has to go through things that are completely foreign to him. Rolf somewhat abandons his home and has to handle the unfamiliar one that he's just thrown into which he uses to take back to his original home so that he can handle it better. Um, that takes me into the return home. At the end of the quest, the protagonist, Rolf, heads back to his real family after learning all the crucial steps that he needs to take once he returns after living in the, with the humans. Um, tragedy is another thing we see in the story. Though the tragedy isn't too deep, and is later resolved, the separation of the protagonist and his family is very crucial to the main character. Rolf is emotionally overwhelmed throughout the story and because he misses everything that he really was. He sees his family in his dreams and feels his first negative emotions there. The last archetype that I pulled out was Charity. The family that finds Rolf takes care of him and even adopts him due to their loss of a son. This act of charity is important because Rolf would have either been homeless or dead without them. This is something that we see rarely during the modern day. The story is uniquely different from Bearskin. Um, there are no deals with the devil in the story. The main character does not have to make any deals with any demonic person or thing. The animalistic transformations that he goes through are just a fact of the story, nothing else. Uh, there is no real evil in the story as well. Um, it's more about the character who learns and adapts and becomes a better person at the end. Though the protagonist does have to handle challenges rather than overcoming evil. The father offering, offering the daughter is a theme that's just not present in the story. Uh, this story also doesn't fit the normal fairy type template with this archetype being involved. And the guileless fool is the last one that I did not see. This theme is also not present because the protagonist never engages in anything risky. Since everything is new to him, he's kind of a green one. He doesn't really know that he's risking himself. Um, as a summary of the story, the story has no real morals to it at all. It's more of a fun story to read, if anything. It does a good job of making the reader think about humans' actions as morals. This story also doesn't have any historical or cultural background, so there are no motives for the themes of this story. The adapted story slash retelling that I chose was the story of Brother Bear, which, like I said above, was made by Walt Disney in 2003 as a really popular kids movie. The story revolves around Kenai, a young teenager, Inuit, who is cocky and overconfident. He receives a bear charm as a spirit animal when he comes of age, and because it represents love and is not a warrior spirit like his brothers, he doesn't like it. Later, Kenai begins to resent bears after a fight with one kills his older brother, Sitka. He is turned into a bear so he can see life from a different pers perspective. He is visited by the spirit of his older brother and is told that if he wishes to be changed back into a human, 
he must travel to the place where the light touches the earth. In other words, the Northern Lights. The Northern Lights to Inuit were full of magic and had their ancestors and spirits of the world around them. Fueled by hope, Kenai sets off on his long journey and along the way encounters a young bear named Koda, who is a chatterbox and a fun-loving spirit. Koda is trying to find his way back to his home, the Salmon Run, which coincidentally is right next to where the lights touch the earth. Koda and Kenai team up but are hunted by Kenai's older brother Denali, who fears that the bear has killed Kenai as well. Along the way, the two bears meet other friends, including two moose, some rams, some mammoths, with whom they hitch a ride. However, Kenai discovers that he likes being a bear and realizes that humans aren't only afraid of bears. Through Koda's eyes, the humans are monsters with their long spears. With a whole new view on life, Kenai makes a decision that will change his life forever. So there's definitely some archetypes in this story. And what I thought was interesting is they didn't really go the way you think they would be. The first one that I have listed is the hero archetype. The hero in the story is Kenai, though he was a reluctant one in the beginning. He ends up taking care of the young bear named Koda after he loses his mom. And that teaches him love and forgiveness and compassion for those around him, rather than being selfish like he was as a human. The animal transformation archetype is a major play in this game. He is turned into a bear to teach him a lesson by the great experience in his ancestors as he is much to learn about how to be a good person and how to treat people. The third one is the quest archetype. In Kenai's mind, the quest ultimately was to become human again. He had to go where the lights touched the earth, but the true quest for him that was revealed through the whole process was learning how to be a good human being how to interact with others without being selfish, overconfident, and cocky, and hurting the people around him. Thrown into unfamiliar was a huge archetype in this story. Anyone would really have a hard time adjusting being turned into a bear, and Kenai was no different. Kenai had a lot of adjusting to do when he became a bear. There was new experiences, and the fact that he could talk to animals really threw him through a loop. In the first scene of the movie, he has a mental breakdown, basically, and rolls down a hill when he realizes he can understand animals, and severely freaked out. The archetype of returning home is a major emotional journey for Kenai. Throughout the course of the story, Kenai and his bear cub companion, Koda, are traveling to where the lights touch the earth in order for him to be changed back into a man. They make it to the spot after seeing the salmon run where Koda wanted to go, and Kenai is changed back by the spirits. And he meets his brother who had been hunting him the whole time. But he realizes when he looks at Koda after Koda sees him turn back into a human that he still is needed and he can't leave him. So he looks at the spirits and says, I can't leave, it's not my time. So the spirits turn him back into a bear and he lives his life being fulfilled. The story of Brother Bear was originally driven by the tragedy of Sitka, Kenai's older brother, dying. The whole motivation for going on a hunting trip to find the bear was just because Kenai was incredibly sad and angry, and he needs something to get his anger out. By the end of the story, though, when he meets his brother as a spirit near the end, he is completely content and realizes his brother is happy where he is and is no longer upset about what has happened in the past. He waves goodbye to his brother happily and knows that he will see them again someday. One of the biggest themes throughout the story is, this, is the theme of charity. 
he looks after the young bear named Kona, like I said above, and protects him from many different things. Throughout the story, he starts off hating Kona and not wanting him around, pushing him away whenever he tries to cuddle, telling him to be quiet whenever he sings or talks or is generally annoying. But by the end, they honestly exemplify the title of the movie, which is Brother Bear. They become best friends as a result and have a bond that will never be broken. How Brother Bear differs from Bear Scanner is clear in a couple ways. There's no technically a deal with the devil, but the spirits who are trying to teach him a hard lesson about being a man and being responsible. There's no evil in the story either, but there are definitely difficulties in the journey, such as Kenai realizing who he is, who he wants to be, who he was, and what was wrong with all those choices, and where he needs to go to get to where he wants to be. In this story, there are no fathers offering daughters, but there is one in the sequel. The third uh, archetype that's different than in the story is a guileless fool. They do have some lovable Dongoose sidekicks over the course of the journey named Took and Rhett, and they serve as comedic relief and offer outside perspectives, but Kenai himself never presents himself as a guileless fool. The story as a whole has a lot of good morals in it. Some of them being that to be a real man and not a child, you have to care about something other than yourself. In the beginning, Kenai was an impulsive, childish, irresponsible, and selfish. He would do things he thought they were funny and not because he cared about the consequences. Being a bear taught him how to care for others and that you just can't think for yourself. The retelling I chose is Disney Pixar's Brave, uh, produced in 2012. Brave begins in a rural Scottish kingdom when the main protagonist, Princess Merida, is a child. Merida is given her first bow and arrow by her father, Lord Fergus, and as she shoots at targets, she immediately falls in love with archery. After a quick scene of Lord Fergus's encounter with the bear, foreshadowing the animal transformation later, um, the story fast forwards to Merida as a young teenager, now accompanied by triplet brothers. Merida remains remains an independent princess who wants nothing more than the freedom to practice archery and explore. However, since she is a maturing princess, uh, she, she must fulfill her duty of marriage. As tradition has it, the king's firstborn sons of the neighboring kingdoms must come together and battle each other for Merida's hand in marriage. Discontent with her fate, uh, with her fate to get married and, and her mother Eleanor's pressure to do so, Merida bends the rules and battles the three sons of her uh, for her own hand in marriage. She unsurprisingly chooses archery as the event of the battle and defeats her suitors, leaving her mother terribly angry with her. Later, Merida and her mother argue about the marriage situation, causing Merida to run away to the forest. In the forest, she finds a cottage inhabited by an old witch who, who she makes a deal with in order to change her mother and alter her fate. The means to do, to do this is made into a cake which Merida eagerly feeds her mother, transforming Eleanor into a bear. The two of them then go back to the woods to find the witch to reverse the spell. Unfortunately, the witch is gone and, um, and Eleanor only has a couple days until her bear form is permanent. Despite this, Merida discovers what she needs to do to change her mom back into a human. Uh, this journey is challenging for both Merida and Eleanor, however, it sparks a bond and understanding between them, and in the end, they live happily as humans. Much like Zack and Reed's 
retellings. Um, Brave has a lot of archetypes that are similar and a little bit different from Bearskin. Um, the first archetype is father offering his daughter as a prize. The act of Lord Fergus marrying Merida to the winning suitor connects to the farmer offering one of his daughters to Bearskin. Um, in Brave, this is used a little bit differently um, in that it's used for tradition purposes rather than in Bearskin where the offering of the daughter is used as a return for a favor. Uh, the next archetype is the quest. Merida and Eleanor are on a mission to reverse the spell to change Eleanor back into her human form. This quest teaches, teaches both of them how to work together, put their differences aside, and strengthen their bond. The quest also differs to the one that's in Bearskin because it changes the characters for the better, whereas Bearskin remains good and generous throughout the story. Um, speaking of the quest, um, this relates to the archetype of maturation, because in Brave it is the reason that Merida matures. It provides the means for her to, uh, to, to finally understand and appreciate her mother. This element is not seen in Bearskin, yet it is a huge archetype in Brave. The next archetype is the forest or the woods. Uh, this is a typical fairy tale archetype that plays an important role in the story as the main setting during the quest and as a reflection of wary. The forest in each of the tales is where the protagonist interacts with the devil. And the devil is another archetype. Um, the witch takes on the role of the devil-like character in Brave, although she doesn't seem too evil, um, certainly not as devilish as the man in Bearskin. She is, one, she is the one who Merida bargains with and conjures a spell that prompts the quest which draws upon the, devil, uh, the deal with the devil occurrence from the original story. Last but not least is the archetype of animal transformation. This not only ties together Brave to Bearskin, but is our underlying archetype for all of our retellings. Um, each of the, these two stories, Bearskin and Brave, depicts a character turning from a human into a bear and shows the negative reactions of humans to these animals. Also in both the written story and the film, uh, the transformed characters return to human beings and live better off than they had been previously. A few of the themes that I noticed in Brave that connect to Bearskin are um, actually most of the ones that we have discussed previously. So the theme of transformation being essential to life, um, there being consequences of dealing with the devil-like figure as well as consequences of being ungrateful. Aside from the physical transformation of Eleanor, both her and Merida grow and understand to appreciate one another after Eleanor's humanity is at stake. Um, this shows the, that transformation is essential. Um, and then for the other two themes um, regarding consequence, Merida learns her lesson not to deal with the witch because her wish does not play out as she intends, which nearly costs her her mother's life. This is also tied to the consequence of being ungrateful. If Merida had considered all that her mother had done for her to influence the independent woman that, woman that she was, um, then she would not have wanted to change Eleanor, which would have prevented the whole mess to begin with. Overall, as a group, our final thought on Bearskin after going over the stories, going after the source material, and all the retellings, is the aspect that Struggle isn't always bad. Yes, the soldier wandered for seven years and was gross and struggled. Yes, Kenai in my story had to become a bear and had to learn. 
yes, Merida almost lost her mom because she was impulsive. And yes, Rolf in Zach's story had to find a way to include his new friend in his new life. They all came out better people. They all came out with better relationships with those around them. So thank you for listening to Group 9's Anarch episode. This is Reed, and we're signing off. Bye! Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra, and our closing music is Wolf, It's Really Rather Rad by High Arches, both of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive. The sound of the wolf that lives in the woods That comes to my back door from time to time Shake the hand of the sun that burns above Reaches down over everyone Got your jackal and heart, your monster inside Pouring water over your fire I incur us a soul, then I need to go Back into the woods, I'm told Not a single living thing needs to be left out You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself There's a spider web that can access Connected by the number nine can you think in visions and breathe in rhythms? Dream an ocean over your lips. It brings a deeper meaning, a powerful feeling. Brings us the myths we're told. And it's only clean water that supports the things that we're trying to grow. Not a single living cell needs to be left out. Finding the garden that's missing in yourself Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand When the frequency is just right, oh man, it's really rather rare